What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. Welcome to Gluten is Not Your Problem podcast, where we talk about all kinds of shit, including restaurants, food, life, the universe, and more, as the uh, intro says. But I feel like we've um, we've definitely stretched the limit of what we define ourselves as. Like it used, it started out as like a food thing, and you know, a lot of Walter's stories. Akota, I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast at all. Uh, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> You don't I, have to feel bad if you have it at all. No, there was the you sent me a link to like I think it was the very first one where and, and I listened to that one where it's basically, you know, at the beginning of it, Walter's just like, What what the fuck do you want me to do? You want me to talk about stuff? Like what do you want to talk about, <laughs> asshole? Like that's where it, it started off. And then I think it was uh I'm not I don't remember the name of it, but it was something about I don't know. It was kind of just like a. It was basically Walter ranting about something. It was about lasagna. About oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. That's what it was. So we're, yeah, we're to that one, but I mean. So it's it. I'm here with you, your host John, with uh with Walter as always, my my trusty co-host, and we're um we're joined by our dear old friend Coda, who um we've known. I was thinking about this. It's been 22 years since I've met you. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think the same for Walter, right? Summer of 1998, man. <clears throat> 1998. Yeah, that's when I met you guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you you are a veteran, a a a battered battered veteran of the service industry as well. So I thought you might be able to join us and share a few stories. But um, currently, I mean, nobody's working in the service industry at all. Um, and it's just been kind of weird. Walter and I were talking about <clears throat> how you know, just utilizing the grocery stores that are really close rather than going to the big supermarkets and some of the, um, some of the issues with that, like Walter, you were saying they, they have cornmeal, but not proper flour. You couldn't find the, what were you going to make with the proper flour? Well, um, actually, uh, I, I got a, I got a recipe, uh, online for a beer, beer bread. Cause I can't, Uh like I've been making a lot of stews and like, I made a big, like a really nice shrimp bisque the other day. And all you can buy in the store, the grocery stores is like, you know, like sandwich bread, you know, but you need like a big hearty, like a loaf of like French bread or something, you know, big and crusty, to like dip in that soup for the stock or the sauce. You know, it's like something hearty. Yeah. And so I've been making a lot of biscuits and, and uh, stuff. And I found this uh, recipe I was going to share with you actually on this website for a beer bread. It's like sounded really easy. It was just like a can of beer, a couple cups of flour and uh and like that's it. You just like mix it together and you make like basically drop biscuits or something and bake this loaf off and like the yeast and whatever's in the beer already. I guess the moisture in there is, you know, it does all the things that the other ingredients are supposed to do. Huh. Is it like uh, Irish soda bread? But yeah, with beer? It, it would be similar to that. I've had that before and it's really simple like that. I, I bet I bet it is kind of similar to soda bread where you just have like water and basically like baking soda and you just drop it in flour, mix it up and I, it, it actually does make the kind of bread like you're talking about. It is really good stew bread for sure because it's dense, yeah. like you know. 
That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, it would probably work. I'm, I'm thinking, John, you're right. It probably is something along those lines. But mm. so um, that so you weren't able to find any flour at all, like. Well, no, I I did. I had to go to like there's like three little stores along this uh, highway right here, and the first the first one right by my house is actually it's a meat market, it's a butcher shop, but they've got like bread and tortillas, and they're all like uh like Mexican family owned, so like like it's all kind of like weird. Like they don't have Oreo cookies, but they've got like the weird like Spanish version of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they have like little smiley faces on them and shit. I don't know. It's all good stuff, you know. Crackers are the same. They just have different names to them. But um, but yeah. yeah. So the one right here didn't have any flour. They had corn. It said uh, it was like blue corn flour. Yeah. And uh, there's another one down the street a little ways. I walked down there and uh, they've got like all these weird cakes in the window and stuff. Like they're these really strange large cookies. I haven't gotten brave enough to. Try try one yet but um but they had like these big sacks of uh trago is it what's the word for flour i don't know it was like it just said it's like a big plastic bag that says flour of wheat basically i had it google translate out on my phone trying to figure out what i was looking at <laughs> so have you baked anything with it yet i haven't no i just got it home today. Okay. i just got it all in today did, did you open it up and look at it? Does it look like regular flour? <laughs> well, let me go. Let me go get the sack, and I'll bring it over here and show you guys. Yeah, All right. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Are you? Um, <laughs> have you found? So, Cody, you live in a much bigger metropolis than, yeah. than we do. Um, and you, uh, what like? Have you been going to the supermarkets? Has it has it been weird? Has it been crazy? Has it been? Yeah, it's it it has. I mean. It's been it's been strange because the when when this when the the lockdown first happened we were you know the store shelves I I went like a, a couple of days after they announced like the shelter in place thing here in Arizona and that was March 15th I believe so a little over a month ago and store shelves were bare like you could not you couldn't find rice you couldn't find yeast even which it's mm. like you know I know people hoarded a bunch of yeast and it's like there's I, I know it's all probably, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there that are just not, I mean, they've got a ton of yeast and a ton of flour and they don't know shit about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's people out there that are just ruining a bunch of good yeast because they don't know how what the fuck they're doing. Oh yeah, that'll work, Walter. Arena, <laughs> yeah. Arena de Trigo. So yeah, Walter we, just put a bag of flour up in a plastic bag and it just has a Sharpie and it says Arena de trigo which just means flour of wheat yeah, i mean that's got to be a great way to sell it right you just you pro they probably buy the biggest bag of flour they, they can yeah. get they yeah. pack it up it's, it's either that or that's a you know a nice kilo of um, uh -huh. <laughs> right Walter, I mean. a couple a couple of vans are going to show up in front of my house and tell me i put the, <laughs> got the wrong bag yeah. <laughs> that was one um, essay we need your i'll wait to we we need we need the flower back. <laughs> but but so Coda, you've been you've been fine other than that first. Yeah, actually, I went to the store this morning because I needed to get some some stuff for my tooth care routine or whatever. And it, it's kind of the same story. Like there's there's everything is really for the most part very normal except for a few sections. And one of the sections that's still just cleaned out, of course, you can imagine is the toilet paper. But a lot of the staple stuff is still just cleaned out. It's like flour, rice. Uh, the canned beans and a lot of the canned stuff is just gone, man. And and it's been like that. It's been like that for, you know, it's been like you'd think that they would eventually kind of catch up with it, it being a month later. But there's still a lot of bare spots in the stores. 
And I don't, I don't know why exactly that is. I mean, Phoenix is huge. There's a grocery store every, I mean, every, every mile there's a big grocery store, which is either, you know, Albertsons, Fry's, which is the Kroger name here in Arizona, or, you know, one of the others, there's a couple of local chains that are still surviving, but they're all, it's all the same story. Like you go in the produce department, everything looks like normal. You go to the meat case, everything looks eh, a little depleted, but not so bad. You go to the dry goods and there's just these giant gaping holes that never get filled. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Well, and I don't understand it because I have, I live on the same highway as Walter. I live probably about a mile and a half away. And um, I have a little market similar to his. This one's more fruit standish than it is markety, you know, but it's still like they've been able to keep rice and beans for the most part. They even started carrying toilet paper and I was like, great, I don't even have to go to a supermarket to try and worry about that stuff. Although I will tell you the quality of the toilet paper. <laughs> so I've been a, I've been a Cottonelle man for a very long time. I made a choice, a decision. I went with it. I always go for it. I usually go with for the blue puppies and not the purple puppies, but like whatever. So I got, I was like, you know what, man, you might as well just give me a four pack of that, like whatever it was called. Like it was, I think it was called Elite. And let me tell you, it's anything but Elite. Uh, the word, it, was called, the word, it was called Wood Gossamer. Gossamer <laughs> comes to mind. It's like, <laughs> you barely like start pulling on it. Just like the, it just disintegrates. It's, it's like, so dust. it's not, it's, so it's rough, but it's pretty firm, right? Like, so it's got some oh, good, like. rough and firm? Because mine is like super soft, but there's like almost nothing there. <laughs> It's like one the, the brand it's name like, on like Walters the... is actually called Brown Finger. <laughs> it comes out that way. <laughs> but I didn't realize I got the fragrant one, and I've never gotten one with fragrance. It's so it smells. It just stinks up the whole bathroom like roses. Oh, and... Why? Why did who who came up with that? Who is I don't know, dude. It's nasty. Toilet, to put perfume on toilet paper. What a bad idea. I'm like, I feel like I'm just putting this stuff up my butt and like, I don't want that near my butt. Like it's tender yeah. down there. No, you don't, you don't want, you don't want, you don't want cheap perfume on your butthole. I mean, that's just <laughs> so, but I mean, but, uh, so I guess it's like, I'm glad that it's there and I don't have to go like fight through the fucking whole foods. You know what I mean? And like, cause the last time I was there, it was just, it was eerie. It wasn't like stressful, but like everybody was on edge and you could feel it. You know yeah. what? I, I felt that very same thing. I was going to I was going to mention it to my mom and dad because like, I, I was going to ask my mom because she she goes out, you know, weekly for once a week kind of thing and does a shop. But I definitely like I was in, in fries this morning. The last time I was there was about a week ago and it was not so bad or whatever. But today, this morning when I was in there, I was I was feeling that I was feeling some like it was it was sort of a tense atmosphere and i think everybody felt it but like it was weird man it was not your average like regular grocery store experience i could definitely mm -hmm. like oh people are people are a little bit on edge right now i mean for sure in the grocery store yeah, um, yeah. so yeah it's, it was weird man i got in and got out of there really fast though i just needed a few things and like I was like, all right. As soon as I felt that too, I was just like, okay, grab my stuff and like go to the self checkout and get out of mm -hmm. here. And like, yeah, I just, I, I, I just find the little markets are they seem to be less crowded, obviously, and they're just. I mean, Walter can attest to this. You go in there, you get what you need, and you get out, and it's not really a big deal. So yeah. I, I think yeah. I'm kind of going to stick with that. In fact, the guy who runs this one, he even said, you know, if you're looking for work, if you want to deliver some groceries, you got a few people and basically do it for like whatever the tips are and it's just you do a quick run around town so i don't know i mean we'll see but 
You, you still haven't take, taken that one out for a test drive yet? or <laughs> No, I have. I don't really know how it works, and I'm not really sure. Like, I I don't know, <clears throat> but we'll see. I mean, he hasn't called me yet. I gave him my number, and I said, give me a call. I live down the road. So, I mean, I, if I could deliver some groceries for, like, a stipend at the place where I buy most of my food, yeah, why not? Like, if you could give me 50 bucks a week, I could probably, and if I did, like, three deliveries for you or something, I don't know. I'm just speculating but yeah there's there's yeah the other thing that i was kind of wondering too is like what what are all the others i mean people this is the you know kind of the day and age of the side hustle there's probably a lot of of i mean think of the numbers of service industry people out there that are just like you know i mean even the side hustle has got to be sort of inundated right now although Mm -hmm. you know i mean anybody with a I think I don't know, man. Like you know, Uber or Lyft or even or any of that stuff is going to be kind of, if you're at all cautious or whatever, that's going to be sort of a high risk thing too. Just sure. Are people in and out of your car? I mean, there's a lot of stress and a lot of weirdness that would go along with that. But I mean, what do you what do you think? A lot of other people are out there like, <clears throat> right now, man. I mean, you can. I would I would say start selling shit on eBay or online. You know, I talked to you about that, Coda, and you gave me a couple other tips about where to sell like shoes. And I don't know if these shoes are worth anything, but, you know, I mean, I know how precious you know books are, but like if they yeah. can get you some money, I don't know. I well, mean, that stuff like that. Are you selling any of your books? Walter? <laughs> I I haven't got to that point yet. No, I got a lot of DVDs too. Right. I mean, so. Dude, I don't you, know. You might as well take your DVDs and try to turn them into toilet paper, man. <laughs> dude, go in a goodwill, man. There's like 20,000 DVDs. I do. That's that's oh. usually where I get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay more than $2 for a DVD, man. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an idiot. It is, what I'm saying is you'd have to sell them by you'd have to sell them by the pound in order to make money. <laughs> like, just, oh. the, just the raw plastic. <laughs> God. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, selling stuff online, if anybody who is like, I've thought about this for like Walter, I mean, you could, Walter, do you ever think about doing like bartending classes online? Like do a, do like a Zoom class for teach people how to bartend? Never occurred to me. You've been doing it longer than me. Has it occurred to you? I mean, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I've thought about it. You guys might be onto something here. In fact, I'll take it one step further. Uh-huh. I, I think we should get together and produce like kind of like the, you know, you, you could you could produce like a, a bartender training series where it's just the two of you guys and you show them how to how to make cocktails and stuff and maybe go through a couple of, you know, typical bar scenarios or mm-hmm. you know, prepare them for say you remember how you used to do the the or the you remember those videos the bartender hates you? Yes. That series <laughs> on YouTube where they have those you can kind of go through like how to handle different awkward and or weird and or dangerous situations behind the bar. And you could also like train them to be a bartender. Like it's just the two of you guys show them how to make the cocktails and then yell at them for being stupid and berate <laughs> them for being lazy and stuff. Like give them mm-hmm. the whole experience, you know? The whole experience. <laughs> I don't even know if like... Throw lines at the camera. Like, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Learn how to cut your lines better, you fucking Are idiot. You... <laughs> Are you still going to hold that over me? Forever. (laughs) Forever. You fucking cocksucker. Did you learn how to cut limes properly? Walter, let me me ask you a question. You turned around and did that to somebody that you trained in the future after that. Of course I did. Of course I did. So now there's some poor kid out there who's like (laughs) thinks about you every time a lime isn't cut and like fucking shudders. (laughs) Um, 
and that so, and the kid went on to torture someone else, man. It, it, it just <clears throat> keeps on just, giving. It keeps on giving. Yeah, I, I think stuff like that, I think online things, if you can sell anything online, I always think about like some sort of digital file. I know there's a lot, I don't ever click on these, but people will say like, you can get my book for free, this PDF, or like you can get this and they'll have like digital files if you just sign up for my course and you know stuff like that. So I think there's some of those things. If anybody does... People love to do, like, people like to watch yoga online or workout stuff is now hey, fairly popular. I know you don't. Yeah, it's true. It's true, dude. People, I see people doing Zoom yoga and Zoom workouts and stuff like that. And Yeah, I, I you know, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I guess there's probably a lot more people actually doing the workouts, but those videos have been popular for a long time. And one of the reasons, I mean, if you watch the, if you look at the yoga video thumbnails, it's always some girl who's really you know nice looking yoga body like most of the people watching that are not doing yoga <laughs> you don't want to see uh, any of us like, right and then, you don't they, you don't want to watch my yoga see, gut <laughs> they don't they don't want to see what's on the other whatever's going on on the other end of the camera when they're you know nine times out of ten it's not yoga <laughs> well I was, before all this happened i was trying to get walter to do a cooking show and we were yeah. going to do, like, we could do some cooking classes. Like, you could record yourself cooking the soda bread or the beer bread, right? Yeah, I could do that. I also, um, I, I had an issue uh, because I, I hadn't gone to the store, but I ran out of butter. And mm -hmm. so I have this um, how to make everything book, you know, uh -huh. and I looked online. And making butter is, like, hella fucking easy. And so I made some. And I was going to, I was like, I just made a bunch of butter. How did and, you make uh, butter? It's so easy. Um, so I was thinking we would do it like on another set or I can tell you right now, we'll show you next, next segment. <laughs> um, you just get like a, a like a, a small jar, like a jelly jar and you fill it two thirds of the way with heavy cream. Mm -hmm. You can put a little salt in there if you want, but you don't have to. And, um, a little marble, uh, will make it go a little faster, but you don't need a little marble, but you just seal it up and you shake it for like 20 minutes and it'll like, it'll eventually like pass the heavy cream, like, well, pass the whipped cream stage. It'll like it'll become like this big ball in there and it'll kind of stick to itself. And then eventually you just, when it's like nice and firm, it's not going to get any harder. You don't think you dump it out and you put it through like a, a mesh screen, a strainer, screen, screen strainer, mesh screen strainer. Yes. And, uh, and then you strain off the buttermilk, like the, the last bit of the, uh, the last liquid and you kind of just let it sit there for an hour or two, throw it in the fridge and it'll harden up and you got butter. It's done. Is it any good? I mean, is it good butter? <laughs> yeah, it's it's spread and melted. I made garlic bread with it. I made yeah, oh, great you're a regular fucking pioneer. Look at you. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm, so, I'm telling you what, I'm never buying butter again. Never? No. Why, Why the would... fuck would I? I'm just gonna buy heavy cream. I can make whipped cream with it. I can make smoothies with it. I can heavy cream. You can do all kinds of shit with it. Put it yeah, in your coffee. What's what? What are you what are you looking at as far as expense uh, expense and yield though? I mean, is it cheaper to actually buy heavy cream and make your own butter, or is it you know? I mean, well, like a you know half gallon of heavy cream, it's, it's probably less than a gallon of milk, right? Or maybe the same price, two or three mm -hmm. bucks at most. Okay. And well, I mean, like a, a cube, like a pound of butter is same price as that. You know, you're looking at another two or three dollars just for that. Well, what about your time? If it takes you 20 minutes per batch, I mean, what's your, I mean, well, what you, you gotta... doing all day. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> and there you just do this. Just, you know, like you're shaking a cocktail. Oh, you're, keep, just oh, like... you're keeping your, you're keeping in shape. Yeah. That's your workout. That's your bartender yeah. I workout. Threw away my, I threw away my shake weights, you know, years ago. So. <laughs> These are your new shake weights? Right. 
Well, make your own butter. Walter, Walter can shake the butter while he's entering data, you know? I mean, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I think, no. like, it's amazing. Like, you you know, you were talking about what people are doing to, to fucking pass the time, like, finding things that they enjoy and, like, I, you know, like... Yeah, make some butter. Not? Make some butter and spreadsheets. I mean, Walter, you may have a future here. What if you could make your own artisan butter? You could certainly do the business aspect of it. I mean, I always know that you've had a passion for, like, numbers in some weird way, but... Well, there's licensing is the major issue there. It's going to be a whole, it's going to be like fucking barter town out there after we're done here. Don't you worry you about licensing. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, come on. They're doing, co- people are doing cocktails to go all over the country. They're just fucking. Right, that's, that's liquor. I'm saying like when you're talking about like food stuff, see, like mm-hmm. you have to have a certified kitchen. Like a. Yeah, like, that's true, Johnny. You, you, you run into a lot of stuff with, you know, with sanitary stuff and the FDA. I sell my butter to some guy and he like, I don't know, trips and falls and kills himself with a jar, and then I get sued because because mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have a you know a license to sell butter that I made out of my kitchen. Well, what about that bag of flour? That was just a bag of flour. Was there a kitchen? Is there a licensed kitchen? And they're just who knows? No, they're definitely rolling the dice on that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Do you know like, what I, I mean? Like, I, I, you know, if I find a razor blade in here, like I can totally sue them. And you know, there's mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 hoping that that doesn't happen, and I'm sure that it's not gonna happen you know they're just no i'm sure not either i mean i'm sure it's fine but like i find some weevils in the bottom of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's that 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 is a danger but i mean I, there's nothing in there you could have like different flavors of butter you know you can call them like schmidt sticks or something like that like i don't know i'm just i'm just spitballing here but I, I just think i just think it's fucking funny i mean i think that it's like you can make butter now we could sell butter no, I you're... I can I can make butter for my own personal use, mm-hmm. but I think if I was to actually like make enough butter to start selling like on a large scale, mm-hmm. I don't think I physically would want to do that work. I'd have to buy a machine of some kind, like a paint like the paint can, you know, like the paint shaking thing. Oh, the just, store. You just let it run twenty four seven. You get like six of those, and you just let them shake. Like at a butter factory. What's uh, <laughs> you know like what? Well, how is that different than any other place you buy butter at? You don't want to live in a butter factory. Not really. I mean, <laughs> I, like you said, if it gets to that point where if I, if I start having to use butter to like sell for other goods, like, you know, so-and-so's got corn across the street. I'm, I'm, another friend of mine has a couple of chickens <clears> and he's <throat> got some extra eggs, you know, so mm-hmm. we start bartering and selling so that, you know, we each have enough of everything to eat, you know. Then you'll be the butter man? I'll be the butter guy. Sure. You call me. I'll get you some butter. <clears throat> um, so uh, one of the things, like, the reason I wanted to get you two together <clears throat> is because there was an incident many years ago. And um, I wanted, I still don't fully know the whole story, and so I wanted to get you both here together to discuss it from each end which, of the which story. Incident, which incident are you talking about? Because, I mean, the, you're talking about a 20-year history, John. There's been more than one incident. <laughs> So okay, you're you're correct. I'll 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 narrow it down. It was the incident that happened on the patio of the horse head. I uh, believe it was, out, it was out front of the horse head. It wasn't okay. Well, I guess it started on the patio, but yeah. You know, I I I, I guess you know, Walter. I knew John was going to bring this up, um, but and and I was just, I remember at the at the time he texted me. He's like, yeah, I want to get you and Walter on the on the podcast to talk about the incident. <laughs> Once again, I wasn't exactly. I was pretty sure this is the one that he was talking about, but I was like, 
thinking to myself, wow, John's really, you know, he's really, you know, going Jerry Springer with his podcast these days. <laughs> I reckon he is. Because that's, you know, that's really, that's really dredging. I mean, for your own pure personal curiosity, John, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, we, we can talk about it if you want, but honestly, like, I, I mean, it was really a long time ago, and, and I don't know about you, Walter, but I, rem- I mean, one of the things that I remember very clearly about that incident was that one of the only things I remember really clearly is that I was really drunk at the time. So me too, me too. Yeah. <laughs> the details like I, what what my reality, what what really happened there, I don't even really remember all of it. And and what I remember of it is probably not what you're going to remember of it. And I'm sure it has like, like very little resemblance to what really happened. Really happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I, think, I feel like Eric might be the best person to ask what really happened. I was going to say, like, probably the only person that really knows what really happened is Eric Jones. Like, because he, uh-huh. he was right there. And, and, and he was know, so, was he the door was guy? There. What's that? Wasn't he, was he the door guy that night or was he off? You know what? I don't remember if he was working or he was off. He, he I think he was actually, remember how he used to drive cab? He would, he would, yeah, yeah. He, I think he was actually driving cab that night. And he just happened to be like in between like, fairs, and he was at the horse head. He walked me away. Is like he like? Yeah, he saved your life, Walter. Is what he <laughs> <did>. <laughs> so, so I, I'm gonna have to reach out to Eric Jones because we're friends on Instagram. He and I, and I will, um, I'm gonna ask him, and maybe uh, I can have him come on for uh, uh, a reprieve. But okay. um, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I remember first, and then Walter can go. So if okay. you want, if you want to get into this, I'll tell you what I remember. And I, all all I really remember is that it had something to do with, it was it had something to do with Jerry and Angelica. And Jerry had he was he was saying that what I remember is that um, him and Angelica were having like this beef, were having a fight, and Walter had decided to intervene, kind of on on Angelica's behalf, kind of basically. And so Jerry was mad at Walter and I got this feeling for some reason, I don't know, like I was drunk and I got it in my head that Walter had stepped in between this thing that was happening with Jerry and Angelica. And of course, like I had no business getting into it because it wasn't, you know, whatever was happening was between Jerry and Angelica. And so Jerry was mad at Walter. So I got mad at Walter for jumping in between. And so I called Walter out, you know, I was just like, Quit getting between, you know, stop being, you know, stop trying to get in between, you know, Jerry and Angelica about this thing or whatever. And so, like I said, it was just this dumb thing about this this weird, dumb fight that, that Jerry and Angelica were having, that Jerry was mad at Walter for getting in the middle of, that I got mad at Walter for getting in the middle of. Like, so it was this totally weird, like, and then, you know, we were, so that happened on the patio. Then we stepped out front. We were all standing out front. And all I remember is like Walter and I were having words. We were kind of getting ready to like sort of get into it. We were going back and forth verbally. And then I remember Stephen Schwabe stepped in between us. And I was looking at the back of Stephen's head because he was facing you. And then all I remember, there was a big light in front of the on on that patio on that porch. And I looked the, the light was right in my face. And all I remember is the silhouette of Walter's fist coming and blocking out that. <laughs> right before it hit me in the mouth. <laughs> is that where I hit you? I hit you in the mouth? Yeah, you hit me right here. It was right here in the I didn't, mouth. I didn't even know where I hit you. Like, my eyes were closed. Like, I was just like, I just closed like, my eyes and swung like as hard as I could. I could see this this big bright light and Steven's head, and then your fist came around Steven's head and blocked out the light, right? 
where it smacked me in the mouth. And then I remember the next thing I remember is my ass hitting the ground. And, you know, like I popped right. See, in my memory, I popped right back up and went straight for Walter's throat. Now, see, I don't know if that's correct, though, because there might have been a lag time. I'm not sure if I was actually unconscious there for a second, like between between the two, like conscious. When I hit the ground, or like when you're when you hit me and then I hit the ground. See, I, I feel like you got up pretty quick. See, I, I thought so too, but like in in my mind, I've always thought maybe I was kind of like sitting there for a few minutes or a minute or so. I don't know. I, I feel like I popped right back up because I remember like, being I, shocked that I knocked you down. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, went I, down. I, like, wow. I, I was really, really angry. Like I said, I, in my in my mind, I popped right back up and I went straight for your throat, and that's when like. I always remember is you backing up and me coming at you like like this, you know, and then right before I could like get my fingers around your throat is when I felt Eric Jones's arms around me. And Eric Jones is a big dude, like, and he's a lot bigger than either <clears throat> you or I. You know, I mean, he was a bouncer at the Horsehead, so he's like a bouncer-sized dude. And so, like, I just remembered just like clutching at your throat, and Eric was just this stone wall that was like, no, dude, it's you know, come on, Coda. And then, like, somebody, Stephen or whoever, pulled me away, and then Eric took you, and, and I thought he put you in a cab and drove off with you. I wasn't sure. I but, don't know what happened. I, we walked down towards uh, – is that all? Is that on Olive right there? So, yeah, because yeah. the number stays – so whatever that next street, whatever John – the street that John Henry's on, we we're walking towards that street and uh, towards, like, Lucky's. Yeah, yeah. And then it – I don't know. And then it just got darker and darker and darker. And I woke up in my bed. Yeah. I think, I think he put you in a cab. So somewhere, but. So what do you remember from the beginning of that night, Walter, from the argument between Jerry and Angelica? Do you remember being intervening in this? I don't remember Angelica being there at all. Um, I feel like what, what I remember is the conversation was about, um, well, I didn't even know what the conversation was about. Like, Coda was being snippy and, and snarky with me and he kept saying, he kept calling me an opportunist. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? <clears throat> and so what my memory of, of the of the issue was, it was between Schwabi and, and uh, what was her name? The, the blonde girl, uh, Ky- Kylene. Mm-hmm. They had just broken up. And Maybe that was it. She apparently, and I had actually pieced a lot of this together later. But she, I guess, originally lost her virginity to some guy named Devin, some big fat guy. And then, like, because when I went to drop off dishes for Schwabi after they had broken up, I was like, here's these dishes. Is Schwabi here? She's like, no. And then she just started crying. I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. And I gave her a little hug, and then I left. And then years later, she with her new fiancé, she's married to Matt Maletto now. And they they were in Seattle. And, like, John and I were at the nightlight. And I think you were there too, weren't you, Coda, at the nightlight in the back by the pool table? Because they were visiting. And Maybe. I was like, hey, Kylene, so what's this deal? Because you apparently told Devin that that I hit on you or something. She's like, no, I never said that you hit on me. I just said that we had a moment. And I was like, what moment did we have? And she's like, oh, we, you don't you remember we shared that moment? And I was like, what are you fucking talking about? She's like, well, you know, I was crying. You dropped off those dishes. And I was like, you were crying and I gave you a hug. Okay, so that was a moment for us? Like, and so that had somehow percolated down through right. the friend grapevine into me hitting on Kylene after she right broke, after up with Steve broke up with her. 
And I was like, that never the fuck happened. So I was defending myself. And my relationship with Coda has always been of like the older brother telling me to stick up for myself. Don't take any shit from anybody. You know, don't fucking take shit laying down. And if someone other fucker gets in your face, you got to fucking lay him down. Right. And so I was doing yeah. everything that you taught me. And I thought, your friends, Walter. I never said knock your friends out. <laughs> but you were the one, like, you had always told me to stand up for myself. And then you were getting in my face. I was like, I was so conflicted. I was like, he, is he testing me? Is he going to swing it in my face? That's why I was so shocked that you went down. Like, I was like, I thought that you saw it coming. Like, I, I didn't know. Like, uh, no, was... Walter, there was a giant spotlight in my face. <laughs> oh, I don't see it coming. There was a person standing in between us. How am I supposed to see that coming? Anyway, you know that now that you that, now the, the, it was the Kylene and Stephen thing. That would make sense. That would make sense why Stephen was standing in between you and I, and not Jerry or someone mm. else. And that would explain why so I would there, not. Back at the patio, still like he didn't come out front. Right. I don't know. No. Now that you say that, now 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 that you, I mean, now that you jogged my see, like I said, my memory on the whole thing. A long time ago. Way spotty. Right. Way spotty. Yeah. <laughs> Like and now, now that he's said that about the Stephen and, and Kyleen thing, that that was it. And I was I was I was like, you're a little weasel. You tried to, you know, you tried to weasel in on that Kyleen or Kyrene girl or whatever right after she broke up with Stephen. What a little weasel opportunist you are, Walter. I remember that now. Okay. Right. And I was like, that never the fuck happened. Okay. Yeah. No. So okay. Yeah. I mean, now that and years now that, later, I got vindication when she admitted that nothing had ever happened, and I was like, "See, and, and why, nothing ever happens." And and why I would choose to take, you know, or like believe in any words that, and forgive me here, but like she she never struck me as like the sharpest tool in the shed or anything. Not to take anything away from her, I'm sure she's a wonderful wonderful girl, but. Like at the time, like I, I don't know why I would have taken her word for it over years, other than the fact that I was just being drunk, belligerent, snippy, snarky Coda. Like, I, I had I had that one coming. Uh, well, you know. and I only brought this up because I know there's no more bad blood about this at all. Like no, I know that it's not like a thing. And I hope not. No, no not on my end. There's definitely <clears throat> not. Like you know, hindsight being 2020, I remember even. You know, even as as late as probably, you know, when we were all in Seattle together, you know, in 2010, 2011, I've, I still probably said something to the effect like, I'm going to get you one day, Walter, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you won't know when, but you got one coming from me kind of thing. And like, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, I, I, I you have a podcast, so it's on that record, like that's not the case at all. Instead of anything, dude, I really had that one coming. I, I just I it's just always been one of those things. And even though I was not there that night, it's been in the lore of our friendships for a very long time. And well, so there yeah. was I mean, I, I remember like and, and I and I was really I was, you know, um I was really angry about it for, you know, Walter showed up on my door like the next day and I and I I just I don't I don't I don't even think I said anything to you. I just closed the door in your face and I probably didn't talk to you for like a good two months. Like yeah. I was pretty, I was pretty upset about it at the time. You know, I was just like, but my mom was mad at me too. When I, I told her about it, like the next day, she's like, so how, what happened last night? I was like, Oh, I fucking got this thing with code and I hit him. And she's like, what, why would you do like that? What the hell's wrong with you? And she was, she was like fucking pissed at me forever too. This is your mom. Yeah. Is that what you said? <laughs> my mom had go to slide on the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that, there's, that, at the, at the time, that made me feel better about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> there's one, I have one question, and there's one thing that 
sticks out in this whole story that I still can't put my finger on, but you were bringing a set of dishes of flatware to Steve. Yeah. You were just walking up with a box of fucking like Sears. Well, I, I drove, but it was a huge box. It was like, well, cause why were you bringing dishes to his house? So I had spent quite a few nights down in that little basement apartment with, with him uh, mm-hmm. while cutting was at work where, wherever she was. And we would like cook lobsters and like, we'd have like these fun little like dinner things that we do. And like, mm-hmm. we'd have like mead night. Um, you know, like he had like all these bottles of mead, which is another story I was going to tell you about the, the goat that I found. Uh, or okay. whatever it was. Yeah. But, um, this, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, don't let me forget about the goat. But, um, no, sh- so, so, uh, he's, t- he's telling me, like, yeah, we're, we're breaking up. Basically, all those dishes are hers, you know, and like, we gotta, like, I have to buy all this new stuff. And so I was talking to my mom, and she, I think she just got married to Steve or a different Steve, obviously. Um, you know, <laughs> she just got married to that other guy, you know, and like, she and Mindy and, and Steve had all moved in together. So they had all this extra dishes. Like, they had a whole set of, like, matching, like, they were like, they were kind of good. They were like a, a pink flowery kind of set of matching bowls and flatware and stuff. I think I remember those, actually. So I, yeah, I packed them all into a box and I took them over to his house. And I was like, oh, these are for Steve, you know? And Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, it that's just seems like an odd gift, story. but I guess there was, you were solving a problem. You weren't no, just well, showing up. So this is Walter we're talking about here, John. You, you, I, you, I, I know I personally have many stories about Walter showing up with weird shit and being <laughs> like, here, have this. I found this. <laughs> Like that's that that's Walter, man. Like mm-hmm. he would he would if he if he knew he needed something. Like sometimes he didn't even know he needed it. Sometimes he'd be like, "Well, I noticed you needed like a, a whisk set or whatever." <laughs> I think maybe also I think at that time you were still very much into the culinary thing, and you may have been inspired by such. I don't know, but um, I just thought it was always interesting that the impetus for this this whole thing hinged around you bringing over a set of flatware to Stephen's house. <laughs> Yes. If you hadn't just, done that, none of this would have happened. Walter Walter saw an opportunity, you know. He saw an opportunity <laughs> for some free flatware, and he saw an opportunity to hook up a friend with some flatware, man. Yeah. Nothing like hey, that. that's no, the opportunities, huh? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that it can be used for good too, man. You know, yes. it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Right. I, I, at the time, I was putting negative connotations on it, man, and that was my own trip, bro. <laughs> What um? What is this about a goat? What goat and meat? Oh man! Goat man! I I don't think I've heard this story. No, I've never heard this one. This is back when I was living on 18th and Chambers over there, kind of by that optometry place. Mm -hmm. And um, it was uh, right after a St. Patrick's. I don't know which one, but uh, Schwabi's buddy like used to make mead. And so one of the nights we were hanging out, he had like he would he had like a bottling machine. So we had all these brown like unlabeled bottles of like beer bottles, you know, filled with mead. And we sat there just drinking till like four in the morning or some shit. I don't know. And it just sneaks up on you, I guess. But so the walk from his house over there by Serafina or was it Serafina? Is that what it was called? The restaurant there that he lived underneath? Yeah. Soraya. Cafe Soraya. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so the walk from there to my house would take me through the Lane County Fairgrounds. Right. And of course, there's nothing going on there right now. But so. I was cutting across, and there's a little place right there behind the fairgrounds where you you cross a little bridge over the slough, you know, the Eugene mm-hmm. Slough that runs yeah, yeah. the city and a half. And so I was crossing over that, and I was fucking bombed out of my mind. I was like staggering, but I was like, not like like hard liquor drunk, where like my brain wasn't totally like shut down. Like I was awake, my body just wasn't really responding to stimuli, you know, and like uh-huh. gravity. So I was like trying to walk. <laughs> 
And I was right by the fairgrounds. And I heard this, like, it sounded like a baby crying. Like, <laughs> and it was like, it's coming from down in the slope. But I was like, some crazy bitch just, like, ditched her baby down there. Oh. I'm going to save it, you know? So <laughs> have you ever seen the slough in Eugene? It's, like, both it's sides deep. are, like, it's yeah, we, deep, it's yeah. steep. And, like, the sides are, like, all sticker bushes. Yeah. But I'm fucking hammered. So I climb down into the fucking slough down the side, right? And I'm down in the slough, and I'm waiting around trying to find this baby. I'm just, I feel like there's a human baby, but now I can't hear it. It's like, all right, I can't hear it. It's either dead or gone, or I'm crazy. So I climb out through the mud and shit. I'm covered in mud, and I climb out of the slough, and I'm at the top, and I go to light a cigarette, and I hear it again. But this time, it's a little more, like, there's a little more, like, a wavering to it. I'm like, oh, it's a baby goat. I'm right by the fairgrounds. A baby goat must have gotten out and fallen down there. Still, I must save this thing. <laughs> so I climb down there again. I climb into the back into the slough. And then, like, out again because I still can't find it. It's probably hiding from me. And then it occurs to me it might be just, like, a nutria or, like, some kind of weird fucked up wild animal. You know, like, I should definitely get the fuck out of get here. Get out of there? Yes. So I, so I climb back out of the slough. And then I start to walk home. And I'm just, of course, I'm covered in mud and shit. And I get there's, there's an Albertsons right there on 18th. There used to be right there on 18th and Chambers. There was catty corner from my house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's like almost five in the morning and I'm really hungry now. So I'm going to get something to eat. And I black out. Um, I come out of blackout and I'm in like aisle 12 where the chips are. And I just turn and look behind me. And there's just like this horrible, like thick, muddy smear of like footprints and like, like drag my, and it looks like I fell down at one point and got back up again. Like, Jesus it's just Christ. like all of this mud oh. I've dragged through the, the clean white tiles of the grocery store at 5 a.m. just gotten through cleaning the place too, being like 5 in the morning, like janitor crew has just been through there, right? Like the swamp oh. thing just came out for a fucking Dude. bag of chips. So then I black out again. And I wake up in my bed the next day, and I've got a bag of Doritos. It's been completely ripped in half, and the Doritos are all over the bed. And I'm in my bed, fully clothed, covered in mud. Mud is just everywhere. And a Stuff magazine. You remember Stuff? It was kind of like Maxim, but it was yeah, like yeah. kind of funnier generic, version. Generic, yeah. Yeah. And a, a Stuff magazine, like, next to me. Like, apparently I got a bag of Doritos and a Stuff magazine and went home. Because why else? what else would you get? Wait, yeah. this is so the goat and the meat are not the same, or are they? They are. That's the same night. It's all same one night. night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's a crazy story, man. So you never did find the goat, though. I mean, never found the goat. No, I, I didn't find the goat or uh, the baby or whatever it was that was down there. I don't know. Yeah, I can I can imagine you coming back up and like Walter being Walter, like, oh man, there's it's not a baby, it's a goat. I still got to save it. I mean, I, <laughs> I still got to save it. You can't leave a baby goat down there. <laughs> Did you imagine? Um, and, and for anybody that doesn't know, the, the Eugene Slough is like not this pretty little creek, you know, or anything like that. It's, it has it's overgrown. It's basically, you know, kind of like a sewer sort of slash. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's runoff or whatever a drainage channel, but it's definitely really gross. I mean, like when he says that there's a like a trail of mud, I'm picturing, you know, I, I know what the slough's like. People dump garbage and stuff down there that you don't really want to even name. So like, <laughs> just to call it a muddy mess was probably, you know, just just use your imagination. <gasps> it's it's more like it's more like the the you know sort of the town dump that runs right through the the town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's man-made, right? So it's got it's very steep to get down there, but it's also like been covered over by nature. 
Yeah, parts of it are paved, like yeah, right. you know, like there's like a cut-in part, but a lot of it's just like a natural ditch that they just kind of carved out. It was it was probably a natural creek at one point, you guys. That's probably why it was there. They just they just made it, you know. I mean, it's it's a natural drainage channel that was, you know, that they probably you know widened and or I, I remember there's there's a big part of it that was all concrete. It looked like you know it was just a big concrete thing right there by the Safeway where yeah. we used to live. And then the South Hill is where it ends, actually, yeah. like at the other end of town, like where I grew up, is where like it's that's the natural part. It's actually just a creek. Like yeah, it's, it turns, it turns yeah. back. In, yeah, it turns back into a creek when it gets yeah. out. Yeah, but when it's in town, it's a, it's a gross, nasty, filthy. Yeah. It really is <laughs> dangerous. Like, personal. Dangerous is definitely yeah. It's pretty foul. Yeah, think think biohazard. Like there's probably all kinds of dirty needles and you know nice mm. nice stuff floating. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, I remember that. Go ahead. What was the? Is it was it the Albertsons that was on 18th and Chambers? <clears throat> I think so. Was it a Safeway or an Albertsons? I don't no. know. I what just. Are, oh yeah. Chambers. Yeah. Was it a Safeway? No, no. It was an Albertsons. The Safeway. There was like the the um, food price chopper was on by the coffee. Mm -hmm. Their Safeway was 18th and Oak, where me like by. Remember we we the Safeway was by Flint Ridge over there. That was. Mm. That, Close to the high school in Flint Ridge. Yeah, yeah. Just, just north of the high school right there. So, yeah. Iron is next door. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember being there. There was, I think it might have been a couple of times with you, Coda. Like, we we did that Thanksgiving. Was that, at, was that at Jenny's house? And, like, I remember going and buying a bunch of stuff there to cook up. And you yeah. would cook, like, the coolest thing. You would, like, do the turkey. And, you know, we had some pretty awesome Thanksgivings. Yeah. Like, you yeah. were... We that did really we did good. one at the Silver Lace one year and then mm -hmm. yeah we were at Jenny Jenny's house there the one on West Eleventh right there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was a fun night. Are you still a big cook? Yeah yeah for sure I I I, I still cook around here for for us you know quite mm -hmm. a bit you know I mean yeah yeah for sure I, that's that's one of those things too we're talking about you know the restaurant business and people like that it's one of those skills that I'm so so grateful for you know like. It's it's such a great thing to be able to know all of that stuff. Walter would probably agree with me here. It's just it's it's fantastic, and and plus you know I mean, you can always I don't know it's just it's just a great skill to have. Um, I'm I've always been grateful that I have it. You know that it's in my that it's in my repertoire, man. Because it's I mean you can <clears throat> girls you can you know wow your friends and nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean nothing is more satisfying than like being able to whip up like a. a semi-decent or a really good meal for like your friends and stuff whether even if it's just a barbecue or something like that like being able to do that for a group of people is like super sweet you know instead of having to go to like burgers mm -hmm. and get like a pack of taco bell tacos or something you know i mean it's which you know we've all done too i think you know one of my favorite <clears throat> one of my my i would put it in like the top 10 coda moments for, was you and I, I think we were either living together, either next door or together in that, either in that triplex or next door to each other in the apartments down the road. But we had been out drinking and we were going, um, we were good. We went through the Taco Bell drive-thru and we were going to get some food <clears throat> and the people at the drive-thru said, Hey, oh, yeah. so. So that was there's Blue about Earth's night. That was that. Yeah. So they said yeah. the people at the Taco Bell drive-thru said, "Hey, there's about to be a lunar eclipse in like five minutes. Can we're gonna shut off all the the lights in the parking lot? If you guys can wait, we want to watch it." 
And we said, sure, we'll watch a fucking. So they shut off all the lights in the parking lot of Taco Bell, which seems shady already. And so Coda and I got out of the car and got, I think got on the hood of the Chevy Cavalier and sat there with the entire crew of the fucking Market Street or the 24th Street Taco Bell and watched this lunar eclipse for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, we were there for a while, man. The, the uh -huh. Taco Bell guys were like, they, they busted out, like a couple of them had, you know, like 40s and stuff and somebody sparked a blunt and started passing it, dude. It was, it was, it was a full on like impromptu uh Taco Bell employee party in the parking lot for a lunar eclipse. It was pretty sweet. And yeah. then, then you know, they were like, "Hey, man, yeah, super, su super cool of you to, you know, to be cool about us." And, and they hooked us up with a huge bag of Taco Bell food. It was like, it was like, oh man, it was like half a dozen crunch wraps and like a box of nachos and a 24 pack of tacos and like it was seven huge. burritos up the ass. It was yeah, it was just it was like a half a garbage bag full of Taco. <laughs> it was more than you can imagine. Walter and I know that you've I know you've bought a lot of uh, you and I now Walter and I used to have our drive-through moments at the Jack in the Box, which uh, <laughs> I just remember the hot or the cold air that would come through the the window and it would just smell of the back end of a Jack in the Box fucking Jesus. kitchen, and it, they would blow aggressively <laughs> into the car like it was just like. And it's just that hot garbage and grease smell, you know? It was just, like, really fucking foul. It was the worst. And I, I don't know why I would still continue to be like, yeah, we should go back there and get something to eat from that place. Like, <laughs> because we were on all kinds of different drugs. Out of our minds. There was no that reason too. to be outside. <laughs> Quarantine is a blessing, my, my friends. Right? Oh, man. Um, but I know, and I think it's, I don't, I'm amazed at how easy it is to cook things that I would, like, that I took for granted before, or that I just thought, oh, I'll just go to the store and get that. And I'm like, oh, like you said, you're just buying flour to make bread. Cause you're like, I'm fucking tired of being at the mercy of wonder bread or whatever. Yeah. Not yeah. having it, you know? And I know this is probably simple. I don't know if I said this to you before, but I would, I just realized how easy it is to make my own popcorn on the stove. Mm -hmm. Like why the fuck haven't I been doing this? Like it's, yeah. it sounds stupid, but it's like, I've been popping it in the bag for so long. And I'm like, this is costing me I haven't had a microwave in years, decades yeah, almost. It, microwave popcorn is not is not that great either, man. I got to tell you, like, just I mean, it, it popcorn's one of those things too. It's sort of a, it's it's too bad they started the whole microwave bag thing too, because when you do it on the stove, like for real, it's so much better, man. It's so much mm -hmm. better. Um, and it is really easy. A little homemade butter drizzled over the top. Little uh, yeah. see, <laughs> little Walter special butter over the top, man. You're, so you're, when you have the, does it just turn into butter? Or do you have to scrape something off, or is it just it just? Well, you just it just comes out of the jar. You just you put it in the jar and you shake it until it just basically you'll you'll it'll go from like a swishing sound or feeling because you can see it too to like a thump because it'll just go thump 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 and basically you're dealing with like it'll feel like a big wad of dough in there and it'll look smooth. It'll like look like a kind of a rounded sort of you know it'll kind of hold its shape and you can kind of like wobble it back and forth it'll have a firm presence like a, mm -hmm. a big soft stick of butter and you just kind of tamp it out of the jar onto the onto the screen the mesh screen thing and let it drain off the rest of that water and it's buttermilk is what they said drain off the buttermilk you, you're you, basically separating the you're separating all of the the fats all of the solids and the milk uh from you know from the liquid is what you do when you agitate or churn butter is you're taking all of the solids and you're separating the solids from the liquid. It's just, I mean, it is sort of, you know, like Walter said, it takes a while. You just got to agitate the shit out of it. I mean, 
-hmm. you can make all kinds of stuff. I mean, you make cheese from milk if you know how. All you do is take milk, you put it on the stove, and you kind of warm it up and simmer it for a minute, and then you put lemon juice in it to curdle it, and it it curdles, and then you strain off the curds, and you kind of squeeze the liquid out of it, and then you just let it sit for a while, and then then you take that curds, the curd stuff, the curdled milk, basically, Mm -hmm. And then you reconstitute it with a little bit of water and you can squeeze it out again. That's how you get cheese. You know, I mean, you can make cream cheese or mozzarella or it's, yep. it's, it's, it's not that hard. It's just time consuming. Like, you know, making butter is not that hard. And here in quarantine, we got nothing but time. Mm, right. I mean, I guess if, yeah, you, you wouldn't be making your, are you going to make your own butter when you go back to work full time? Or where are you going to, are you going to do it at night never, doing it in the morning? Never, I'm never buying butter again. My butter buying days are over. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, would you suggest that everybody make their own butter? <clears throat> sure, I guess. I mean, if you have a jar, I mean, I've also been working on like not, I'm not collecting jars, but like <laughs> I started like saving my old jars, like my jelly jars and like salsa mm-hmm. jars and stuff. And I've been like screwing the lids up underneath. I've got my little uh, my work bench, you know, and my my thing. And then I use them for screws, you know, like tools and things. I have all my different size screws, just kind of like in there. And so then I had one that I had I hadn't fixed yet to the to the thing for my I have another size screw that I needed, uh, but I just cleaned this jar like I just had a freshly clean jar pull out of the dishwasher and I'm like oh I was reading this thing about how to make butter I'll just put it in here and I searched you know made the butter in the jar. So Coda, you, you if you can imagine this Walter's place so he's got this lovely little cottage all to himself. I'm uh, seeing, he's on he, a porch swing. Well, on. he's on a porch swing that he that made, I made himself. Really? <laughs> I made it, Coda. Can you believe that shit? I do believe it, actually. When you're talking about a workbench and whatnot, mm-hmm. wow, that thing looks really janky. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was from an old bench that we, we bought him when he first moved there. Michael Grayson and I, Michael was in town, and we went to the Goodwill, and we got him a bench. And he's no, like, he took the thing off and sweet. made a bench. It's got, like, shock absorbers and shit on it, man. That's pretty yeah. cool, Walter. So... His 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 house is kind of like the cr- a cross between like a it looks like a blockbuster video with like a computer lab from 2005 and like a workshop. I got it. Kind of looks like, you know, it's kind of like it was like it's sort of like what you would imagine Emmett Brown might have. Like there's uh-huh. all these little projects and shit going on and. Great Scott. <laughs> um. I can see that. I can definitely see that. That that fits that fits with what I know about Walter Schmidt. You know? I mean, you want a little tour? Should I take you guys inside? Yeah. yeah. Can you so take us see. take our listeners for a tour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the outside though. It def- I it was definitely giving me the cottage feel for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you froze up, Walter. Uh oh. He's got no he's got no internets in there. Get some more lights in here so you can actually see. What- Oh, am I, am I fading oh, out? Oh, no. You, you're back now. You're back. You froze there for a second. So there's the little workbench with the computer and the library. Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I I see what John was talking about. You got some, you got some rare books there if you ever need them, Walter. You can... There's DVDs. Yeah, okay. he's got... Yeah. Blockbuster video for sure. <laughs> it's just got that. I'm telling you, when, <clears throat> it, when the internet goes down, you'll all be coming to me. <laughs> I hey man, I might need a bar. Can I get that Sopranos while I, while we're at it? <laughs> and then you got the box set. 
Did you get rid of that one? <laughs> no, I still have it. Okay. okay. And uh, Deadwood, Sopranos. I got Bones, all of the Bones. I never watched that show. Greatest American Hero, Knight Rider. Coda, what have you been watching? Have you been watching anything good? Or are you? No, not really, man. I mean, just the, trash. Yeah, pretty much. Like my my TV my TV diet is is pretty much like South Park reruns and Adult Swim. You know, pretty much. You know, that's that's about it. Um, mm. and, oh, and of course, you know, Law and Order, SVU. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and of course, my my cop shows, which are like, uh, you know, I love the live PD. I'm definitely big on the live PD. Um, and the first 48, that's like my favorite show, pretty, pretty that's much. That's a good one, too. Um, I always liked, uh, I don't know when we lived together if I watched a lot of this, but I always liked Lock Up Raw. Oh, yeah, Lock Up. Ness. It, see, I, I got some personal experience with that, dude. So, <laughs> not a fan of shows at all. <clears throat> I mean, fair enough fair enough i yeah, understand I, it's a little close to home i mean yeah we, it's, it's, i i mean for for somebody who's never been to jail i i see how you know what the what the draw there is it's like oh wow that and i've been to jail it's I, I i know what's going on there i don't like it i don't want anything to do with it. i don't i don't blame you at all like I, I don't care what happens to people inside the jail <laughs> i don't know i know i've i've had my fill i understand um it, what else is going on, guys? Is this what else is quarantine? Is have we had any epiphanies about life or anything, Walter? Are you uh, have you seen anything in a different way or what's next? How do we? Where, I mean, will we ever go back to work? Do you think? Will restaurants exist? I ran by the Fairmont today and they've got it blocked off. Yeah, they have it all locked down. Um, yeah, I mean, it has to. It's not. It's what is it? The second oldest profession, you know, next to. It was a, they were prostitutes, and then in order to get more people to come, the prostitutes would start making food, right? Right. <laughs> and then it was like, and then it was like, oh well, we need more than one room. So then you have like hotels and hostels, and then like real restaurants, and then you have like taverns. <clears throat> and sort of the evolution of, of you know, the restaurant. <clears throat> I mean, it's not gonna go away. People are always gonna need that, and um, I don't know if it's always gonna be prostitution based, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the beginning. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I think it'll probably be different. I think I think it'll have to evolve for for things like this. I mean, it may not look the same as it did, you know, um, in the future as it has in the past. I, I don't I don't I don't know that there's going to be a normal anymore. I think normal is is I think that there was you know there was what's what was normal before this and then what what's going to be normal after this. I don't think it's going to be the same again. I don't think. A lot of things are going to be the same again after this. Um, we are social creatures, though. I mean, you know, well, like. No, for sure, Walter. You're right about. I mean, the, there's the restaurant industry is. First of all, people are going to. It's going to take a huge hit here. There's going to be a lot of small, sure. small restaurants that are not going to make it out of this. For sure. That's that's a total. I mean, that's just a fact. There's probably some of the big chains that aren't going to be able to survive this. You know, the ones that aren't run very well, the ones that were sort of on shaky ground to begin with, mm-hmm. they're not going to. They're not going to survive this either. Are you so, telling me Cheesecake Factory might be uh, might be out of the out of the count? Yeah, like, you know, Chili's and TGA Fridays may be a thing of the past, man. They, Sizzler, uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> you know, and and for the most part, I think you know there's no no big loss there probably. But um, like like I said, I don't think that I don't think some of the big ones are going to be immune to to just because they're big. You know, I, I don't think it gives them 
immunity to this sort of thing. I think that some of them won't survive either. I, I just think that the whole, the culture is definitely going to change. Like you probably at first when states do start to open up again, you probably will see things like, you know, um, you know, limited seating capabilities, mm -hmm. checks on that sort of thing. At first there's going to be distancing stuff. There might even be, you may see like waiters and staff and, and sort of protective gear or some kind of, you know, there might be some kind of uh, sanitation protocols that we haven't ever seen before in public places, like especially restaurants. Um, and I think that, you know, um, you, you might even see things like, I know that California, there was a couple places before the shutdown happened that were taking people's temperatures before they would serve them. Like, I think you might see <clears throat> stuff like that, you know, at first, I don't know if that'll remain. I, I think you may see really like, amazing. Yeah, somebody. I was reading something about this this company in Sweden that invented this sweet little UV light that kills coronavirus and just about anything else, like a lot of pathogens and stuff like that. I think you're gonna see like before you walk into a restaurant, you step into this little UV booth and they just give you a quick zap and then you know, oh okay, Great. yeah, everything's cool. Yeah, go ahead and sit down, eat, drink, be merry. Your temperature is cool. We zapped you with the UV light. Have a good time. Like that's yeah the way it's going to be you know so i was just talking to our friend ryan party the other um the other day or earlier but he said that they were because he lives in las vegas and there's no fucking gambling the casinos are closed yeah so and and that's crazy so, and you vegas doesn't exist without travel without tourists because yeah. i mean that's it it's not like anything else and so he was saying in is it Macau? Is that Macau? Is that the place in China? Yeah, yeah, Macau. They were doing exactly that. They were testing people's temperatures at the door. Yeah. To let them in to gamble, and he was saying things like, um, <clears throat> I think it's baccarat, where you, a lot of what gambling is is having people around and being excited and all this. And there's a lot of it has to do with energy and you know all that stuff. And they have people where now you're not allowed to be Blow around. Well, you can't. Yeah, you, yeah, right. You can't. <laughs> no more of that. <laughs> no more of that. But you can't even be have spectators, which is like half the fun. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. So, so I mean, it's it's insane. All these this weird ripple effect, and <clears throat> I don't know. It's just a trip. Like I I think about it. You know, I've been helping out at the restaurant once a week and helping them like expedite to go orders, and everyone's been super cool and supportive, but. I mean, who knows how long, I mean, if they can keep, they're just trying to pay the the light bill, right? And they're just trying to yeah. pay the water bill and hopefully be able to have regular business. Yeah, like I, like I said, but when they, when they first, I mean, it's going to be a process for them to figure out how to get it back up and running. But I think that, you know, like I said, there's going to be, there's going to be how shit ran before this. And then mm -hmm. when people are, I, I hear that on the news all the time and I hear it like, and everybody's got their commercials, like, you know, in this trying time, we're there to help you until things get back to normal. I don't think things are going to go back to normal as we know them. Like things are, like I said, it's going to be the way things were before this shit happened and the way things are after it. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a normalcy there, but it's not going to be like before, you know? Yeah. Um, so and it's just, a, it's just a matter of everybody figuring out and, you know, it's going to take a while and people will figure out how to get things up and running people will figure out how to get back out. They'll figure out, you know, how to get back together and gamble, how to get back together and party, how to go out to dinner and eat, how to go out and have drinks. I mean, 
these are the things that we're going to focus on. We'll get those, we'll get that shit figured out a lot faster than some of the other stuff that we probably <laughs> should get figured out first, you know, but we'll get it figured out. I guarantee that, mm-hmm. you know, our, our way too dependent on some of that stuff for, for us not to figure it out, you know? Yeah. So, you, did you say this last week, Walter, we were talking and, and you said something about like, you, you know, Coda's talking about the way that things are. And I'm like, why is grandpa bleaching all the groceries before he brings them in the house? It's like, well, <laughs> let me tell you about the coronavirus. Like, <clears throat> kids that are being born right now that they have no idea what, what this is. Yeah. 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 Or, I mean, think, think about, you know, it'll be yet another thing. Like kids that are born after this, they, they won't, they won't remember what it was like before. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, before coronavirus and they'll yeah. be like, what are you talking about? Like, that's just stupid. Like you guys are yeah. weird. Old. Stadiums? Really? Yeah. Like, we spent stadiums full of people. Like that's so dangerous. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> you guys are stupid. <laughs> yeah, man. There's not, oh, they're not going to, are they going to, there's no baseball. There's no basketball. Uh, Is there going to be football this year, Walter? I, I, I fucking hope not. Prom? <laughs> Prom? Yeah. 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 All that shit dances. Man, I don't know. Like I said, they'll figure this thing out, man. Right. But until they do, like, and and then you know, my, it's it really is my hope though that you know, a lot of times we've seen this happen before too, John. Where I was thinking about this, like, you know, this this isn't the first coronavirus that's gotten a little out of hand. Just in the last, you know, since the year 2000, there was one in 2008 and 2014. You know, the SARS and then the MERS thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It could have very well gone the way that this one has gone. They they just didn't for whatever reason. They weren't quite as virulent or whatever. But but like you know, just the fact that th- those two things are not even all that far in the past. And what did we learn from them? Obviously not enough. So the other thing that I'm a little bit worried about is like what does happen? Maybe maybe things like if somebody comes up with a vaccine, you know, six months from now that's really great, and everything does go back to exactly the way it was before. Mm-hmm. And then should it? That's the thing is that every, so everybody goes back to sleep about this whole thing. You know, every go every, every you know human the human race globally we all go back to sleep on something until the next thing that comes around and starts wiping us out. Like, you know, I really it is my hope that that people don't that people kind of wake up a little bit on certain things and don't go back to sleep about it because we did we've done that. You know, this is the third time now that we've had something that could you know. And the third time in the last 15 years, even it's not even that that old, you know. We don't, don't have to go all the way back things, to the Spanish. But like, we did. I mean, Obama had like the CDC that was set up, like all that. The he had like that uh, the pandemic playbook, all set up and ready to go. And like Trump got rid of all of those people, like all of those systems that were in place, like so. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, Walter. He comes on the news every night and says that he's doing a really awesome <laughs> job. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know where you get your information, or I don't yeah. know where. That was my crazy <laughs> uncle. My crazy <laughs> uncle thinks he's the president. I'm not like, likely to listen to either one of those crazy. That's, that's another. That's another thing that that hopefully we learn something from. That you know, I mean, our leaders are 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 we we as people, you know, as citizens of a democratic nation, we really we we got to start waking up about who we choose to lead us. And yeah. I, I really that's one of my biggest hopes is that we really think twice about our leaders, you know, and, and we really take a good look at who is running the ship when when shit like this hits the fan and really think long and hard about about who we want, you know, and 
filling that role when when things like this go bad and, and things are going to go bad you know i mean we have to wake up to the fact that it's not going to just all be you know the kardashians and, and nfl football every sunday you know i mean that's just not we can't we can't go we can't go back to sleep that way we can't think that everything is just hunky-dory because it's not it's not ever going to be you know shit like this is going to happen so we got to have people competent people you know running the show so when it does you know things don't fall apart or things you know things don't fall apart to where we're you know hoarding toilet paper and <laughs> jesus yeah my it's so it's such a weird thing too like why toilet paper why yeah. i don't know like i that was the first thing that i asked too i was like man people are really insecure about wiping their asses like that. that's <laughs> It's not the first thing that I think about when I'm thinking about hoarding yeah. stuff, man. You know, and I mean, shouldn't we reassess just the idea, the concept of toilet paper? Because, Walter, if you got some shit on your hand, what would you do? What would you use to clean it off? Soap and water? Yes. Alcohol? Maybe bleach? Anything, right? If you got some shit on your shirt, or like, say you got some shit on your on your when shoe. You say shit, you mean feces, right? Feces, yes, literal feces. I would get, definitely go for bleach. <laughs> if you if you got shit on your face, if somehow you got like dog shit or something on your yeah, face, bleach. You would you would take a shower, you would wash it with yes. soap and water and yes. bleach. So yes. why is it when you have shit in your butt crack, you just take a piece of dry towel to paper? And you just wipe it and then leave whatever else there. That's what you have. I'm not going to take a shower every single time I fucking take a crap, buddy. But, I mean, shouldn't we be, like... Hey, somebody should vend a little shower for your butt. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't bidets be... Like a bidet? Yes. (laughs) Why is the bidet not a thing? Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about the bidet that I'd like to ask you. You've you've been to some some bathrooms in your day, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Like public restrooms? Yes. Some plenty. fairly unsavory environments. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Had to go to yeah. I Imagine go, I, I understand. Coming in and co- making contact with you. Like, <laughs> you're just dropping some shit off at this point, but now you're asking this facility to give you a little something back. And are you mm-hmm. trusting that? I, I see where you're going with this. And you're right, Walter. That probably is not going to work for a public restroom kind of situation. But I would I would venture a guess that you know I mean somebody has probably invented something that hooks onto your standard American toilet that can convert it pretty easily into a bidet type situation. Yeah. Create the need for your average person, say homeowner, to go out and buy you know four pallets. And Toto have have things like that. Yeah. I think I just think it's something to think about when this all you know they're when very I, expensive. Well, I mean, maybe I need to get a bigger unemployment check from the government so I can afford a bidet. I mean, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's, let's where's, where's, my, where's my government bidet? But I know what it's you mean about, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it's true. I mean, we can, we can get as political as we want. And I know that Walter and I have, I think we've gotten a little political a couple of times on here. And so people kind of yeah. know where we stand, but um you know, we live in California, so that's that's yeah. that, and I think that that dictates a lot of our um, our our political views, and they may vary here and there. I know that Walter so being able to read dictates my political views. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just I the hear... state I live in. But, no, I... you know, it's the state that I live in. Yeah, right. I, I hear you. Uh, state of literacy. Uh... <clears throat> But it's it's all I think it's important to like look at the local leaders too, right? And the people who are you know running your cities and towns and states and those are really there's I think everyone's finding those are more important now than ever. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely they definitely are. But um, I mean the, the the guy in charge of it all though I mean the, the president is the president man and mm-hmm. and it's 
uh, yeah, I, like I said, we, we really have to have, you know, competent leadership. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't really think that we have that right now. Like I, I, I probably, you know, I, I tend to shy, especially this, if, if it were just the three of us talking here and this, this wasn't a podcast situation, I would be way more open to expressing my, you know, sure. I sort of, I live in Arizona, so I, I always am sort of cautious about expressing my political views. Um, mm-hmm. Most Arizonans, even if they're conservative, are sort of like that anyway. We're all sort of in the, you know, we all sort of kind of play our cards a little closer to the vest here for some reason, politically, because it's just, it's easier to get along that way. Because there is, I mean, Arizona is one of those states that, Despite, I mean, it's it's been Republican for a very long time, you know, um, going back to the Goldwater era. But, but I, I've always felt that um, that Arizona is much more purple than people give it credit for, and I'm probably right about that. That is to say, it's it's probably mm-hmm. a lot divided a lot more right down the middle than than people would believe. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we just that, that guy's he, the guy's clown shoes, man, and he's and he's really. Uh, he, he makes me he makes me ashamed you know of the of the i'm ashamed of him basically is is where yeah. i'm going there it sucks yeah and, uh, we get wake up and stop putting people in office that that are going to shame us as a country and as a people mm-hmm. i agree i just think that yeah you know i think you said it, it's like this is this is a time to be a little more aware of how life has been and what's important and what's not and there's like a real big fucking weird reset thing happening. I just see it in my own head, like not even my own, you know, there's no community, right? Because we're all kind of, I mean, there is, but you know, it's, it's all through these digital screens and shit, but like, what's really important? Apparently, you know, I don't have to buy butter anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm serious. Like cross off the list. Seriously. Why the fuck do I need to buy butter? Why the fuck do I need to buy any uh, that's one thing too is like just consumption of goods it seems mm-hmm. ridiculous now or more so than it did well i that's that's one of those things that I, hopefully people will learn a little bit and wake up to also and kind of you know mm-hmm. yeah i i well you, you you can see that you know what are what are what's gas like what what's a what what's the last time you bought gas and what's what's the price of it right now because i can tell you right now it's i filled up my tank just the other day and it's uh I haven't seen gas prices this low in a long time. That's because nobody's buying gas, man. Nobody mm-hmm. right now. So, well, that yeah. and Saudi Arabia did that whole price wars thing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's the the reason why they're going through that is because global oil demand has plummeted to, I mean, it cratered. Walter, we're not the only country going through this. The whole no, world. I know. Through yeah. This. So. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful out there. Have you seen some of these pictures of like LA and shit? Dude, like, I, I I spent the last the, I was telling John that um the the job that I finished working, me and my boss finished working was like uh it was fifty miles one way. So we were driving hundred miles, you know, um a day for this job and our, we were there for like ten days and so we were driving all the way across Phoenix and back and, and the air quality here in Phoenix, I've never seen it like this. I mean the the valley is you can see I mean it's it's beautiful. Like yeah. it's, it's stunning. It's, it's stunning how, how, how clear and how nice everything looks out there right now. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And Just, the reverse of that is, it's, is it stunning how fucked up we've made everything? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, 
that's and, and that's one of the things I was thinking too is like, man, we need to rethink this whole. I mean, like this the electric car companies and these hybrid people, we 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 really need to give that like a really good hard look and kind of maybe even accelerate where we're going that way. Like, because this is, I mean, it's it's staggering the amount of. I mean, yeah. just, I mean, just what's happened in two weeks was staggering, man. Like, I'm just in my little enclave right here where I live, there are eight units. One, two, three, four, five, six, and then two in the back. And right in front of me, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 cars. And I don't own a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and these are one-bedroom units. Yeah. I, so, like, I would... Mm-hmm. I would gladly trade in my vehicle for an electric vehicle if there was some sort of program. You know, I would gladly drive something different. Well, the... yeah. I mean, I, I, I see I keep up on some of the motor news and I see that a lot of these companies are starting they, that like Subaru has made plans to. I mean, they, they want to be completely <clears throat> and complete. They want to be a completely uh, electric vehicle car company by 2030. Mm hmm. That's 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 pretty you know I mean that's pretty aggressive. Some of the other car companies are like, well, we're hedging our bets still. So, but yeah, I mean they need to start moving a little quicker towards that. And 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 uh, you know Musk, he's he's sort of a controversial figure, I know, but I you know I mean he's on to something. Um, mm -hmm. and, we, and the rest of the it's especially with something like this that really highlights the the difference to your average person, not just you know some of the politicians and big businessmen will see this, but like the it's it's just incredible what's happened you know i mean and if we were we, we need to get away from that fossil fuel thing because it's really the difference yeah um well i just i do want to wrap this up yeah 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 i gotta, I gotta um but i what's Coda's i just gotta wanna, go i don't think coda's gotta go walter's we all gotta go what's everyone making for dinner tonight has everyone made dinner do we have uh just to end on a lighter well, note uh ch chicken parm i think is what i've got lined up Nice. What about I'm you? I'm having hot dogs. I haven't had a hot dog in fucking forever. I finally found a store that has hot dogs. So <laughs> pretty excited. Right yeah. on. I got hot dog buns. I'm going to make a little chili, a little chili dogs, you know, chili dog. cheese on there. Yeah. Will you, will you set, take some pictures for uh, for the Instagram? Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some photos. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll post them on my own Instagram. That's what okay. Either one. I, I, mean... I forget that I have that. I, just, I never post anything on it. Walter, uh, Walter had to elbow a couple of elderly white trash ladies <laughs> for those hot dogs, dude. So well, they had them behind the like where the at the at the the meat like where the the butcher shop, you know, where they keep all their meat. Because uh -huh. I was like looking, usually they're like up on the the weird little the narrow cases with like the eggs and like the weird little cartons mm -hmm. of milk that they keep, you know, like that, that weird little shelf of normal food. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they, I keep looking in there, and they haven't been in there. And then I I was like, oh, I'm, I need some meat anyway, so I got some ground beef and some. Uh, uh, some chicken breasts, and I was like, "Oh, they've got the packs of hot dogs are in here with the rest of the meat, which I guess makes <laughs> a certain amount of sense." But they're like in the packages, like they're in the and know, and in the display case at the same time. Yeah, yeah. The package, like they're in those little packages in the plastic, and like yeah, then those are like lined up in the meat thing, like as though they were real meat. Right they on. are. Well, they just they're just keeping all the meat together, Walter. I mean, it makes sense. It it does, it does. Pop, you know. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Coda. Um, you didn't you didn't mention what you're oh. having. Well, I'm gonna bake some. Uh, I'm gonna bake some yams, and I'm gonna uh, do a little veggie stir fry. A little, uh, probably just some mushrooms, peppers, onions. Uh, I think I've got some spinach in there. Yeah. By the way, about your uh, your sweet potato slash yam thing that you do, where you yeah. just like, keep them, eat them raw and stuff. I don't eat them um, raw, but I eat them cold. Well, you you can, yeah. Well, you you can eat them uh, raw, 
Uh, they're really good for your teeth. They like help clean your teeth, like carrots, you know. Like, I don't believe you. I think are you fucking no, with me? No, she was saying that they are. Um, uh, she's a dog dentist, and she, <laughs> oh, she was okay. like, I was like, that's so weird. Like, I've never even, I never flossed my dog's teeth. And she's like, oh, you haven't? No, and like nobody does that. But like, yeah, there's certain things you can do, like they can give to dogs that they can like kind of chew or clean their teeth. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that works on people's teeth because I have a friend who eats, you know, raw sweet potatoes because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. So I, didn't know, I didn't know that you cooked them first. He's, he's, Cody, he has raw sweet potatoes like in his fridge. He like cooks them and then just sits them in there raw by themselves and he'll just chew on them like a well, second. So, I, I, so I bake them. So I get sweet potatoes. I bake them. I'll put a little cinnamon, salt and pepper on top, a little oil. I bake them and then I get like five or six of them. I put them in the fridge. And if I'm hungry and want a snack, I just pull it out cold. Like I've done it in the car where they fit oh. right in the cup holder. So I'll just be like at the stoplight in the, in the car <laughs> eating a cold sweet potato. Like, all right, that's a little strange, but it's, <laughs> it's a good great. snack. It's filling. It's got energy. It's low calorie. <laughs> your face. Okay. Yeah. Hey man, whatever whatever floats your boat, buddy. Uh, you know, if you want you want a snack on a uh, cold sweet potato, that's, <laughs> I, I have a problem with that. Yeah. It fits right in the cup holder, Walter. What are you gonna do, man? It fits in the cup holder. <laughs> it's in the cup holder. It's great. You sure, it's not a sweet potato John. holder. Hey, it is now. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to Gluten Is Not Your Problem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John.